Welcome to our brand new podcast, Cut the Rubbish, which is being brought to you by Team Limer Cleanup. Team Limer Cleanup is Ireland's largest one-day cleanup event, which takes place every Good Friday in Limerick City and County. More information can be found at teamlimercleanup.ie. In this series, I will be exploring ways in which we can all cut the rubbish and take small steps in our everyday lives to improve our environment. In this episode, we learn about waste reduction, how we can reduce the impact we make by considering the materials we use, such as reusable products versus disposable. Join me, Megan Scully, for episode three of Cut the Rubbish. I'm delighted now to be joined by Tad Kirakowski, who is the CEO of Voice Ireland, which stands for Voice of Irish Concern for the Environment. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having us in here today. Well, tell me all about Voice Ireland. What is it you do? So Voice Ireland, we're an environmental NGO. We've been active in Ireland for over 25 years now. And over that time, we work on waste reduction and circular economy. So essentially what we're looking at is trying to reduce our impacts on the planet and how we can reduce our impacts in terms of the materials that we use and how we manage those afterwards. We've done a lot of work around recycling and around encouraging reuse primarily. That would be our big focus is reuse and uh, making sure that we're not wasting items. It could be in materials that are really valuable at the moment. And I think that's going to be some of our conversation soon, but making sure that we get the best use out of those, um, out of those materials. And I suppose when you think about a circular economy would be one of the big items that we're really kind of advocating for. And there's three core principles within that. And that is around design out waste. So making sure that when we're making things, they, there isn't waste built into mm. those systems or built into those materials. Keeping products in use for as long at their highest value for as long as possible. So that's making sure that we're constantly using things, making sure that they're built to last and that we're getting the best use out of them. And then regenerate nature. So making sure that when we've reached the end of life or when we're kind of when we have spaces that we're ensuring that nature can kind of continue to thrive and continue to support us um, as kind of society as well along the way. So I suppose that's kind of our kind of guiding, um, those three core principles are kind of our guiding mission as well. No, it is incredible. Um, but I guess there is one major issue that and topic that we're going to discuss heavily today. And it's something that I think it, it's it's causing more harm than good. And, you know, we talk a lot about single use plastics being obviously single use, not not what you're like the opposite of all that you're trying to achieve. But something that has become a massive issue here in Ireland and probably worldwide is disposable vapes. Well, like, what are your thoughts on this? And you know, what can we do? Because, like, I often see people walking down the street with the vape. Clearly, it's out of vapor material or whatever they vape with, and then they just throw it on the ground. And it just you just see them. You see these coloured vapes dotted around cities and towns in Ireland now, and it's like it's disgraceful. It it sure is. And I suppose we ran a campaign around calling for a ban on disposables, uh, disposable vapes. That'd be your single use vapes. And as you kind of said, they have these huge impacts, but they have huge impacts throughout their lifespan. So in the creation of these materials, in the creation of the vapes, there's the mining of, say, the lithium and the copper and all that that goes into them. There's, you know, in their use, they have health impacts on us. And then when they're disposed of, if they're disposed of improperly, those heavy metals, those materials leach into our environment. And it's particularly particular issue that gets into waterways and those kinds of things. But even where they are put into bins, they then have knock-on impacts in terms of how they're managed through kind of a waste system as well. They have small igniters in them. We've seen issues around those kind of lighting it's, um, and kind of causing, causing bigger issues that way. Um, so I suppose they have these ongoing impacts throughout their whole life for a single-use item. Um, and so we, when we put this campaign together, 
we found it very, very easy to bring together a number of different kinds of groups. So we were, we were an environmental group, but we also got community groups in, so tidy towns groups and stuff. We're very happy to support the campaign. Health groups, so kind of, um, kind of a number of doctors signed the campaign and supported the campaign as well because they have a, they have a negative impact on us, on our health as well. Mm-hmm. So they, like, and so the ban is calling for it because they're a waste of resources. They're an impact on our, they have a negative impact on our health and they have a negative impact on our environment. So it's kind of lose, lose, lose across the board, I suppose. And we very, very quickly got over 3,000 signatures to that petition calling for that, calling for the ban on these single-use items. Because I have a statistic here actually from your own website. And uh, in 2022, 12.5 million vapes were sold in Ireland. Like, that's just a staggering number. You know, that's... I, I couldn't believe that statistic. And obviously now that's from 22. So I'd imagine 23 is probably going to be even higher because I notice now when you go into into shops, they have the walls of, of these disposal vapes just everywhere. And I know people that work in shops and they were saying they are flying off the shelves. So, you know, there's clearly demand for them in Ireland. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose as a, it's kind of a secondary item, but as a personal bugbear as well, you see the little stickers and all on bins and walls and bus stops and all those kinds of things everywhere as well. And it drives me cracked. <laughs> but I suppose kind of part of that as well, like when you talk about that 12.5 million vapes being sold, even if these things are handled correctly and even if they are brought to vape recycling centers, the, kind of, the nearest one is in the UK and it can handle about, it can recycle about 700 a week. You know, okay. this is in the context of 12.5 million vapes being sold, you know, so it's the scale just isn't even there to be able to manage them in that kind of a scale. And those materials are the same materials that we're looking for when we're talking about our kind of electrification of kind of whether it be cars or the grid. Mm. Those are those same materials that we are we're extracting, we're using in these single use items and then we're throwing away or losing in any which way. They, it's just such a loss of all of those, um, all that potential and all of that potential use of kind of good use of materials as well. So you mentioned there, there is a recycling plant in the UK. So that means there isn't currently mm. one in Ireland. No. So there is no way no, then to dispose isn't. of vapes, is there? Well, they're, they're a wee waste. So you bring them back to a, so, sorry, wee waste is electrical items. So anything with a plug, okay. um, plug or battery operated. And you can bring them back to any retailer that sold them to you in the first instance. So if you're buying a new lamp, for instance, you can bring back your old lamp, they'll take it back and you have your you have your new lamp. Same with a dishwasher. If you're buying a new dishwasher, the retailer will take back your old dishwasher and they make sure it goes through a kind of a wee recycling process to, gain, to get those materials back out. And similar even with batteries, uh, you know, the, when you're buying new batteries, you'll see, the, you'll see the little blue boxes in lots of shops around yeah. the countryside and that's to get those materials back. But when we did surveys for this, most retailers didn't know that vapes were included under this and that they should be taking back these vapes. So they're not even being accepted back those ways either. Um, so, yeah, they're incredibly troubling material and they're a troubling item in that way. And they're causing a lot of harm and they're causing a lot of confusion and to very, very little positive end. I suppose one of the things that we see a few people say, oh, well, they're an aid to stopping smoking and stuff. But I suppose it's important to note that, say, the HSE, do not recommend no. these as a, as a cessation product. You know, this isn't what they're used for. This isn't what they're being advertised for. And I don't think anyone is smoking, you know, triple blueberry flavor to try and get off their, you know, the, their 20 a day kind of habit. You know, that's not what this is being aimed at or about. Yeah, and I suppose as well, people will vape 
well, you're not you're not meant to, but people will vape indoors, whereas you don't, you're not going to light up a cigarette indoors, and that's the problem. I think so. Maybe like if people think, I think people are probably actually using vapes more than they were maybe previously smoking. So as you said, that's not the answer. So we might just go back to the whole banning of vapes in Ireland. Like they have been banned in Australia, and I was saying I was in Australia a couple of months ago, and um, I could I actually it was one thing I noticed. I didn't realize they were banned until. It was said to me afterwards because I, I, it struck me how clean the streets were and how I didn't see any vapes on the ground and I didn't see anyone vaping. So I remember thinking, oh, wow, maybe they're just really health conscious over here because we often hear Australia is really health conscious. So I was like, oh, maybe that's it. And someone said, no, they've actually banned them. And clearly it's working. Will it work here in Ireland if we're selling? Well, if we were selling 12.5 million, which I, as I imagine in 23 will probably be higher, like is banning the answer? Because then it, you, the other side of it is people have an addiction now. So you know, does that work or will that create a kind of a black market? So we are, our campaign calls for banning the single-use vaping uh, products. So we're not against, say, the reuse, reusable vapes. You know, if people want to continue using that way, at least there's kind of a reuse system built within that. There's a refill, that kind of side of things. You know, that's up to individuals. Uh, but the single-use ones, we believe that, the, that we can ban these and they, they should be banned. And I suppose the the support that we got from the public kind of came in very, very strong and very fast. And we got a very strong, a very quick response as well from government, you know, kind of signaling that, yes, they were interested in produ- introducing a ban. So that was with Minister Oshin Smith and um, the Minister for Health as well. And so they're kind of working through that. But we want to keep that pressure on them to keep pushing for this. Because, again, like we said, we've seen all of the impacts of these. We've all seen these items on the side of a road. We've all seen the the orange tubes on the, on the beach when you went there or the, the pink one in the corner when you're standing at the bus, whatever it is. We've seen them everywhere. And we just really, really do need to get a, get to grips on these on these things. But also, I suppose it does come back to kind of, not, I'm not saying education in terms of just school education, but kind of, I guess, getting educated at home as well by your family. Like to, I often I still see people as I mentioned earlier throwing things on the ground, like pulling off plastic. The pla- do you know the vapes come in those boxes we mentioned the stickers? People just open up there in front of you and just fling the box or fling it around. And I did see a a girl one day with the vape, and obviously I said it was empty, and she just right just threw it straight in the street. And I was looking on, how can you just throw something that you know is rubbish and plastic? Like how are people still doing that in this day and age? Everyone has pockets. There's bins on corners of streets. You know, it's and they're such small little items. Like I, I've just, I'm like, where can we? How can we get people to understand that? As you mentioned, well, they have to be disposed of properly. I shouldn't say bins actually, so they shouldn't go into bins. And um, but you mentioned there with the shops. So is it a case of a big advertising campaign around the shops taking them back? Is it those we mentioned those blue boxes that you you know? And in school, you used to always be encouraged bring back your batteries, and that worked because you know at school you bring in the old batteries and you drop them in the box. So this is it, I suppose. In terms of vapes, one of the challenges is that it's it's a very it's a very recent kind of a product. Mm. They've only grown in the last two to three years, really. And so, kind of in that sense, we're kind of struggling to catch up. And the habits and the concepts around them haven't been kind of formed yet. So you know, people don't necessarily know what to do with them yet, and they're certainly not being told. And say the the vapes manufacturers themselves don't particularly. You don't don't show any interest in supporting uh, supporting customers and how to manage them. So I suppose that's a huge part of it is kind of creating those habits and creating that awareness of what to do with them. Um, like I say, we we here in Voice feel that the best way forward is to not be using a single use item in the first mm. place. Then you don't need to be dealing with that problem. 
you if you use a reusable one, you then keep that and you have a more you have you have a longer lifespan from the same material at least. Um, but yeah, I think one of the big issues around that is there isn't that habit, there isn't that reflex built up around how to manage it. There isn't the knowledge there around how to manage them either. But yeah, it is like from our point of view, when we are kind of out there doing kind of community work or doing cleanups or those kinds of things, it is incredibly frustrating to see these things all over the place and, you know, causing another litter item. And I suppose it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with, um, say, cigarette butts are, all, are also, yeah. they're typically the highest, um, the number one spotted item in cleanups or kind of biggest litter item across Ireland as well. So it kind of goes hand in hand with that to an extent, but they just happen to be much bigger and much more, much more brightly colored and have a lot more kind of material going on in them in terms of those, like I said, those sort of heavy metals and igniters and those kinds of materials inside there as well. Like some of the stats I have here is that like a disposal vape alone contains uh, 1.15 G of lithium. And then the Irish government and had a stat that came out as well that an estimated 90 tonnes of lithium and 1,600 tonnes of copper were used in the global production of disposal vapes in 2022. And as you mentioned, like lithium is used in cars now, in car batteries. So like I can't even imagine the health complications of ingesting lithium Mm. through your mouth. And, you know, that's nearly another discussion on the health alone. Um, Mm. But that's a staggering amount. And as you mentioned, you know, like copper, like copper is valuable copper is very valuable so yeah. it's, people are basically throwing away very valuable materials yeah and i suppose as well the kind of the you know that quantity of lithium is the same amount that would be required to build about eleven thousand electric cars uh so you know that's the kind of volumes wow. that we're talking about here but it becomes incredibly tricky because they're in these really it's really small amounts in 12.5 million individual units so even harvesting them back out harvesting that material back out becomes very very tricky mm-hmm. So, you know, there is much, much better uses of that material. And that material will have had a huge impact in its mining in the first instance and in its management through. So kind of a certain amount of, you know, thinking about the impacts of these materials, impacts of these things and these materials that we use before they got to us and after we've after they've left us. That's one of the it's kind of one of the key things, I think a lot of the work that boys do is around waste. And I think a lot of people think about you know, when I put something in the bin, job done. Mm. But say, particularly if you think about something like plastic, plastic is an oil byproduct, by and large. You know, it will have been refined somewhere. It will have been kind of created into kind of plastic, usually what's called plastic nurdles, kind of a plastic byproduct that is then used for packaging. All of that processing has significant environmental impacts and tends to impact on the population around those plants. We then use that material for a small while. We throw it in a bin. We forget about it. But that still needs to be processed out. It's going to go to a recycling facility in Ireland. Then it will be shipped out for, or it'll either be recycled or incinerated here, or perhaps exported abroad where it has to be managed abroad. And again, will have impacts in terms of the environment, the the environment and the people living around those spaces as well. So these things have a life before they reach you and they have a life after you, they after they leave you. And uh, you mentioned the, the lithium mining there. I've done research in the past on that and that now is, that is like terrifying what some people are going through to get this lithium to mine it in incredibly dangerous situations, you know, without proper safety. And it's, you know, to know then that that material has been, as you mentioned, 
put into a vape and then effectively thrown away. And it's just, as you mentioned, it's not it's, it's not being disposed of properly. Um, you kind of touched on something there as well, though, in terms of reusable packaging and kind mm. of taking plastics back. I think that's something that's going to be a really interesting um, development this year as we kind of, in 2024, which will be the rollout of the deposit return scheme. And this is kind of going off the vapes topic for a moment, but in terms of plastic bottles and cans, there will be um, a new deposit being placed onto drinks bottles and drinks cans that will encourage us to bring those back to deposit returns uh, machines and we'll get that deposit back. But what that's what that's encouraging is encouraging us to place a value on that material. You know, that plastic bottle is is worth money and the management of it is costs money. So kind of it's about kind of creating that uh, awareness, I suppose. Mm. No, I, I actually that you reminded me there when I was in Twickenham um, over in England a couple of years ago or even I think it's uh, was it last year. They um, when you get a drink, you get your I suppose that reusable hard plastic cup kind of mm. and um, they charge you for it and, and then you can either refill it as you go along but um, they then you can get money back when you bring them back so I remember it was full time and the whistle was blown and adults and children were kind of running around because people were just leaving them down they were going off without them because they yeah. couldn't be bothered to return them but people are going around with massive stacks of these reusable plastic glasses and bringing them back up and getting some money so you know and you could see the delight on, on everyone's face when they'd find one and be like oh got another one and you know that's more money so I guess uh, like uh, we live in a society now where people do want to get bang for the book they want to get some form of payment and you know people I guess that's the only way we seem to be able to kind of get people to do these things and to kind of bring on these kind of, I guess, good traits of bringing back waste. Yeah, and I suppose kind of on a much smaller scale, we've had a few trials of similar kind of cup schemes and things like that at events in Ireland as well. And again, they've proved to be quite popular. And it is about that, you know, it's reusing an item, kind of having, like say, that cup gets, you know, 100, 100 rotations or whatever it is. There'll be a lifespan on it, but it'll be over 100, roughly speaking, depending mm. Um, as opposed to the single-use plastic cup that you'll go through three or four of over the space of a match or an event or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, like, we're sort of seeing that start to kind of come in now. And even kind of, we, you know, even on a kind of a broader sense, I think most of us have used the reusable cup in a cafe as well. Yeah. And, you know, about bringing that in, bringing in that awareness um, that we can do the reusable, very, the reuse, reusable version of it. And reusables are there. They are an easier way or better way of managing these things. I, I, I do sometimes with the coffee cups I feel like we were doing so well before lockdown because you know there was such a push on bringing your own cup and like that you got yeah. your five or ten cent off and I remember at the time I got, there was always a reusable coffee um, on my desk in my car and in my handbag so I always made sure I had one and you and you know you almost if you're going out if we'll say if we're in the office and we were all going for coffee you'd look around like has everyone got their reusable and you know we'd all grab our reusable coffee cups and off we went and then obviously during the lockdown that got stopped because yeah. for various reasons and for obvious reasons and um, mm -hmm. I found I find it's been a bit slow to get back to that that way and I know I still see people with their cups but it's become very just run in and grab a cup of coffee look and I, I'm guilty of it myself yeah. now but like yeah. I, back I remember before lockdown I had so many like not so many like three or four nice reusable coffee cups but it's it's kind of a habit that's we need to get back to yeah it's a habit that we, you're exactly right, it's a mm. habit that we need to get back to. We had got up to a very high rate of usage yeah. of them and um, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was 90-something percent of cafes across Ireland were accepting reusable mm. cups at the time. Um, and so, yeah, we are kind of building that back up again, building, you know, re, re, uh, relearning those muscles, I suppose, to an extent. 
But we kind of see that again in the Irish Business Against Litter surveys that happen every year that, you know, single use coffee cups are the kind of the third most common item that are kind of coming up in those um, things are kind of still a serious kind of littering item, I suppose. And they are a single use item at the end of the day as well. Um, I suppose we are still looking towards the the introduction of a a levy on um, coffee cups, on single use coffee cups. um, And that will hopefully, again, support people to kind of encourage people to use the reusable ones to avoid that extra charge you know it's it's simply about avoiding the charge have your cup you know have your um your reusable cup so we're kind of looking forward to that being implemented in in the near future no, absolutely. It's something we, as I said, it's a habit we need to get back. Um, before we go, I want to talk a bit about, um, you know, we're talking about how single-use plastics, how, you know, they actually, while they're single-use, there is something you can do with them. You can you can dispose them properly. There's ways to do it with vapes. You know, there's we need to obviously do something more around that to, to get them off the streets and out of the hedges and the bushes. Um, but um, just talking about the resources of using recycled materials, um, we're talking about single plastics there. Like, we'll say, for example, I, look, it happens all of us. We went to a shop to buy our groceries this week and what do we do? We put them in a plastic bag. And and it's, that, it's the single-use plastic bag. Like, it happens all the time because they're there. You see them loose. You rarely, it's not very often you see people just put the fruit and veg in the basket on yeah. its own. And so we have run a campaign for a number of years called the Sick of Plastic campaign. And that is about calling on retailers to reduce the quantity of plastic packaging they're putting on the market. Because we as customers, we can try to avoid where we can and we can try to do the best that we can. But, you know, if the material is, you know, if the apples or whatever that you want only come covered in plastic, your choices are limited. Um, And we kind of often say people want to buy the product, not the packaging. Yeah. So the Sick Plastic campaign has been kind of calling on retailers to reduce the quantity of plastic packaging they're putting on the market. As part of that, we did a big survey around Ireland. We had over 50 households who sorted through the recycling bins and counted the number of items that are in there and where they were from. And over 50% of the packaging the packaging items in the recycling bins was plastic mm-hmm. and the major, almost the majority of it was coming from the major multiples, the major retailers. So I suppose we are kind of continuing to make that call to encourage you know, buying buying loose where possible or refillable options as well where they're possible too. But that's about making sure, that's about the retailers making sure that those are the viable options, the easy options, so that we as the customers can kind of take advantage of those. Absolutely. And I think, you know, yeah, as you said, if the, if it's not there, we won't use it. Like we, we won't look for it. This is it. <laughs> exactly. You know, it ta- like it takes, I know there are some people out there and, who are able to kind of go the whole full plastic free kind of thing, but that takes a lot of work and you need to know where you need to know where the shops are and you need to know how to kind of do all of that. It's not within the gift of most of us. You know, I certainly don't have a plastic free shop near me where I can get everything loose or everything refillable. So it's about making sure that we are, it's about kind of calling on the major retailers to go more towards that, reduce the quantity of plastics that are being put onto the market in Ireland, which is increasing at the moment. And by that increasing, it makes it more and more difficult for us as customers, as people to sort that material. We're having to sort more and more. You've sorted about 20% more, or you've created about, or we've managed about 20% more waste this year than you did five years ago. So when we talk about trying to increase recycling targets, we're trying to increase recycling of more material that's coming into the house. So we need to kind of really look at where that's coming from and really call on the retailers and everyone, all the people that we engage with around us to reduce the quantities of packaging and unnecessary kind of plastics that we are engaging with. 
Absolutely. Um, finally, Tad, before I let you go, um, we were talking, of course, the banning of these the single-use disposable vapes. Is there anything we can do as 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 all of us listening here? Is there anything we can do? Is there someone we can write to? Is there someone we can email? Is there a way we can maybe get the government to, to bring this in and to implement it? Well, if you go onto the Voice Ireland uh, onto our website, you'll see all the details of the campaign. You can join the petition there or follow us on the social media channels. We're across all of those as well. And we kind of put out fairly regular calls around that to kind of really keep this keep this to the fore, keep this uh, keep this as a burning issue in front of in front of the government at the moment. Because, like I say, the the overwhelming kind of response to this has been incredibly positive. People uh, people do not want these items, don't want them in the streets beside them, they don't want them kind of in the rivers, they don't want to be having to deal with them whether they're doing their own litter picks or anywhere else. So, yeah, keep in touch with Voice. you see the campaign, uh, Band Disposable Vapes campaign on our website. And, uh, yeah. Incredible. Um, Tad Kirakowski, the CEO of Voice Ireland. Absolute pleasure to chat to you and thank you so much for everything that we've uh, learned from you today. Thank you so much for having me on. For more information on Team Limerick Cleanup, head to teamlimerickcleanup.ie. I'm Megan Scully and this is Cut the Rubbish.